don't get a whole lot of opportunities to preach on hell, but being that it's Halloween, thinking of a topic that would shake, stir some fear maybe, righteous fear, I felt stirred to preach on hell. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. I've never, that I can think of, preached an entire sermon on hell. So here we go. Matthew chapter 25, amen. Don't worry, there'll be an altar call. Title of the sermon is Escaping Everlasting Fire. Amen. We don't want you to go there. In 1997, there was a Chinese firefighters finally succeeded in putting out a 400-year-old fire. The fire was in a coal field and it started in 1560. It consumed over 127 million tons of coal before it was extinguished finally in 1997. So think about this, 400 years of fire, 400 years of burning, 400 years of this consuming fire, but the reality tonight is that is nothing when you compare 400 years to eternity. 400 years in light of eternity. Uh, The Bible says that to God in the realm of heaven, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. You can't even comprehend this time frame. The Bible tells us the fires of hell will never be put out. So I want to think for a moment tonight again, is hell real? Numbers of mainstream pastors have done away with this thought or written it off in one way or another. We often hear the question, really, will a a loving God send people to hell? And if so, who would he send to hell? Who would he send to hell? And the scripture we're going to look at tonight Jesus describes the reality of such a place. And he gives the reality that some will wind up there. Some will not make heaven their home. But, again, tonight there is a way to escape the everlasting fire. Let's look tonight at a parable that Jesus shares. If you think about the placement of this parable... Jesus talks about the preparedness of the rapture. Jesus talks about the preparedness, uh, preparing your soul before death. Jesus talks uh, about the final judgment, uh, uh, etc. So this is the placement. This is what all is going on around our scripture. Jesus gives us some insight on hell and this everlasting fire. Matthew 25 beginning in verse 31, if you'll follow along, says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Verse 46, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen. Let's think tonight about escaping everlasting fire. Let's set a foundation. Let's think firstly about hell is for the fallen. Hell is for the fallen. It's critical that we understand something very important tonight. And that is hell was not created for the soul of man. God did not design this earth. God did not uh, uh, bring forth creation intending to judge it with fire. Hell was not created for us. Verse 41 gives us this understanding. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. And it tells us, Prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was created for Satan, the adversary, the devil, the accuser of the brethren, and his fallen angels. So a quick history here without getting too bogged down. Uh, a quick history on Satan uh, is that he was once a heavenly creature. He was once in the very presence of Almighty God. He was once a masterpiece of God's creation. But the Bible tells us he rebelled against God. Isaiah chapter 14 speaks about his... His heart being lifted up, his pride being puffed up. I will ascend, I will reign, I will sit on the highest of thrones. It was a rebellion in rooted in pride that caused his fall. Ezekiel chapter 28 speaks of the wonderful blessing that Lucifer, that day star was, bright and brilliant, anointed of God, the anointed cherub who was in the very altar room of heaven, absolutely nearest to the presence of God, but again speaks of this pride, again speaks of this rebellion against God, and 
speaks both, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, both speak of his judgment. Hell was a judgment on Satan for his rebellion against God. Revelations chapter 12 says uh, uh, how Satan, that dragon, was cast down uh, and his tail deceived one-third of heaven's angels. Uh, Here, uh, these are other created beings in the image, the likeness of God, uh, born of God. Uh, uh, They were uh, created to bring glory to God, but under the deception of Lucifer followed and fell under the same judgment. Luke 10 and verse 18, Jesus alludes to all that I've just talked about when he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. A judgment placed in hell, judged and cast out of heaven. So in our scripture now where we're reading in Matthew, It brings clarity to this understanding that Satan, or I should say hell was prepared for Satan, and hell was prepared for his angels, those who followed in his rebellion. Jude chapter uh, 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 6, they writes these words. uh, Paul writes uh, this uh, uh, verse as, I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of the authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged, and God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Gives us this understanding. They left their place. God had a plan for those Lives for those creatures. God had a purpose, yet in rebellion, they withdrew themselves from that place of authority. They withdrew themselves from the plan of God and now are chained in prisons of darkness. Second Peter 2 and verse 4. Peter gives us the understanding, for God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. Again, creatures once good, creatures in relationship with God, in the very presence of the living God, judged for their sin, cast into the Old Testament word Sheol, which is the pit The depths of darkness, Uh, a New Testament uses the word hell and the word Hades, but all carry the same idea. It was the judgment of Satan and his angels' rebellion. So, hell was not created for man or women, because we're equal opportunity here. But we know tonight that people have sinned. You read the creation now in Genesis of man. Man created in the image, the likeness of God. Man created to be in connection and relationship with God. And at creation, God called it good. 
It was right. It was perfect. It was paradise. But we know the story. Man sinned, deceived by Satan again, and disobedient to the command of God, a rebellion in the garden, and now a judgment has come upon that sin. That rebellion, Romans says, through one man, sin entered all the human race. And it's here at that decision that man lost dominion. And now we are born sinners. We have the sin nature within us. And the Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. There's only one result sin produces. It's death. Sin will never work out right. Sin is not designed to work out right. God will never bless sin. God will never encourage sin. God will never tempt us to sin. And sin produces death. Three deaths that we see throughout Scripture. Number one is death as physical. Sin Tonight is what produces death in the physical body. Sin is what produces death. Sin is what produces sickness. It's the result of sin. It's the consequence of sin. Not bread, not sugar, not any other thing you want to fill in. Sin is what breaks down the body. Sin is what has destroyed the body, that we were not designed to die, but sin has brought a curse of death. Death as physical, secondly, death as spiritual. When you sin, there are consequences. The spiritual consequences are guilt. That's a supernatural thing. It's not just an emotion. There are people that sin has them bound by a spirit of guilt, a burden of guilt, the spiritual breakdown of shame, the spiritual breakdown of bondage, the spiritual breakdown of addiction, the spiritual breakdown of brokenness, depression, oppression. These are the spiritual strongholds, the death that sin produces. Then thirdly, we know Now, death as eternal. Verse 41, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Those who are not right with God will be uh, cast out from the presence of God into everlasting fire. That's now the eternal death. What the Bible calls the second death. Verse 46, these will go away into everlasting punishment. See, the point is this, God judges sin. Whether in the eternal presence of the heavenlies in the spiritual realm, or whether in the temporary world setting, Sin will be judged. Verse 32, all the nations will be gathered before him. That's every person. And he will separate them one from another. That's a picture of judgment. He's making a decision about people's lives. 
So let's think secondly about sheeps, or I should say sheep and goats. In our story, Jesus distinguishes two different kinds of people. Verse 32 through 33, this is our main verse, says all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another. And now he gives imagery as a shepherd, as a, that's, that lets us know he's not talking literally right now. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will sh- uh, set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. There are two different types of people. There are two different kinds of people. Imagery that they would have understood at the time. So let's think here very practically. How many understand tonight that sheep and goats are not the same thing. They're not the same. They might be able to interact and mingle and function, but they're not the same. Goats aren't sheep and sheep aren't goats. So the very practical, basic imagery that God or that Jesus is using, a practical application is sinners aren't saints. And saints ain't sinners. You are righteous or unrighteous. You are holy or you are profane. You are surrendered or unsurrendered. You are saved or unsaved. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. There are no hybrids. There are no hybrids. You know, you have uh, uh, these Christian artists. I'm just an anomaly. No, you're a hybrid and you are nothing. You're one or the other. You are a sheep or you are a goat. So our scripture is making it very clear that there are people or there will be people who will not go to heaven. Jesus said, I'm going to separate the nations, the world, all people. I'm going to separate them into two groups, saved or unsaved. Some will not go to heaven. That means there will be people who go to hell. There will be people even in church who will go to hell? The question tonight you must answer is, are you a sheep or are you a goat? Practical application, are you saved or not? What is your relationship with sin? What, when you sin, do you want to make it right? Do you have a desire to abstain from sin? To be as far away from sin? Not ride the line. How close can I get without crossing? I don't want to be anywhere near it. Even as the Bible says, even the appearance of evil. I don't want anything to do it. What's your relationship with sin? What is your relationship with Jesus? Because that will impact your 
eternal resting place. You can't be halfway. You can't be partway. You can't be 64. You can't be 90-10. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. It says, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Who will not get to heaven? Those who do not obey the gospel. Daniel 12 and verse 2. Daniel gets insight and revelation. This is the very end of the book of Daniel. It says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. He's talking about when people die, they wake. Immediately there's a transfer. Dead in the grave on earth means alive in the spiritual immediately. Immediately. So, they shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Some are going to awake in the presence of God, eternal life, heaven as their rescue. Others are going to awake into everlasting hatred, contempt. Revelation 21.8 says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. He gives a list of those who cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, either a goat or a sheep, either saved or unsaved, and that is going to determine eternity. Hebrews 10, 26 through 27, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. In other words, you cannot Pray a sinner's prayer and then deliberately live a sinner's life. Or deliberately live with sin in your life. Knowingly allowing sin to be at work says very clearly that now you don't have the sacrifice for sin. You can expect, expect Judgment and fire. Because, as Jesus makes very plainly, there are only two types of people. Two types. One is going to everlasting life. The other to everlasting fire. Verse 41, depart from me, you cursed, 
into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So let's close tonight and let's think about escaping everlasting fire. Because that's what we want. To escape this. Again, it wasn't hell. That place of torment, that place of darkness was not the intended place for us. That was not the plan of God. But God will judge sin. God cannot allow sin in his presence, but he makes a way of escape. We sang tonight, Amazing Grace. This is the amazing grace. This is what amazing grace is about. Salvation, redemption from everlasting fire. So Jesus presents a contrast. It's a contrast of lifestyle. It's a contrast of lifestyle between those who are sheep and those who are goats. It's not enough to put on your Facebook profile that I'm a Christian. Because there's a lifestyle connected. So he, Jesus gives it very practically. What does a goat look like? How many have ever actually seen goats? The real, the real goat, the actual goat. Not the sinner, the actual goat. Those are some nasty little creatures. Jesus makes it very clear that goats are like goats. People will be concerned with self. They're consumed by self-interest. They're, they're missing the heart of God. Verses 41 through 43, as Jesus explains those on the left. The goats, it says, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. Goats, Jesus is making a very practical application. They're missing the heart of God. They have no heart for God. They have no interest in the things of God. They have no interest in participating in what God is doing. They have no desire for the things of God. They're not excited or interested in what God is excited and interested in. They have no heart for people. They desire to satisfy their own agendas. Their heart is to fulfill their own agendas, their own plans, and somehow be able to still gain the blessings of the flesh walk later, which is heaven. It's talking about a lifestyle. It's talking about a lack of a heart for the things of God. Whereas the contrast tonight that Jesus presents is the sheep. 
See, the sheep wants what the shepherd wants. And the sheep goes where the shepherd goes. And the sheep is attentive to the shepherd's voice. Verses 34 through 36, then the king will say to those on his right hand, these are the sheep, come you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. In other words, this is the evidence of a heart transformation. This is the evidence of the character of God at work in the life of a person. This is someone who is interested in serving others over themselves. This describes a person of compassion and grace like our God, merciful and patient. When you get to the root of it, Jesus is actually describing a contrast of heart. Two different hearts. Two different hearts. See, many times people take this scripture and what do they focus on? The works. How many know you could be a strung out, cross-dressing pervert and still feed the poor? That doesn't make you right with God. Good works do not make us sheep that belong to the shepherd. But we know the contrast of James that good works are the evidence, the evidence that we belong to the shepherd. It's a heart attitude. It's a heart surrender to God that makes The difference, it's a heart that has invited Jesus, the King, inside. John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You might be able to fool people as to who you belong to, but God is not fooled. God knows his sheep. God knows his flock. The shepherd knows who belongs to him. Jesus is the difference. Jesus is the difference maker. Jesus is the miracle we need that transforms us from goats to sheep. Verse 31, when the Son of Man comes, that's Jesus, When he comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him. We're talking about a different army now. We read about that place of torment prepared for the devil and his fallen angels. But there's still two thirds of an army in heaven. That are going to come with the king. And sit on his throne and you want to be right with God in that moment. Because verse 46, the righteous will gain eternal life. What makes us righteous? Jesus. 
The blood of Jesus. We must be washed and surrendered to Jesus, the shepherd, if we are going to escape that eternal fire. It is Jesus who has the power to transform us from a goat to a sheep or from a sinner to a new creation. Jesus makes the difference. The blood of Jesus makes the difference. Surrender to Jesus makes the difference. Tonight, are you washed in the blood of Jesus? Are you a sheep or a goat? Who do you belong to? Where will you spend eternity tonight? You can escape the everlasting fire. Amen. You can be right with God tonight. Let's have every head bowed tonight, every eye closed. Tonight, I want to extend an invitation for salvation. Perhaps as you're here tonight, I've really just preached the simple gospel. God so loved the world, He gave His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross to die on a cross for our sin to die on a cross and purchase for us salvation, redemption to make a way of escape from these flames that I'm talking about tonight to make a way of escape that we can live for Him that we can be Entering into eternity, transformed, washed, clean, made whole, made right. Jesus wants to give you new life. Jesus wants to give you a new start. He died. He paid in full for you. Tonight, I wonder how many there'd be who say, Pastor, no, I am not right with God. I am not part of the flock of God. I'm not a son or daughter of God. I've not been washed in the blood of Jesus. I am a sinner. I am not part of the family of God, but I want to be. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I'm not on my way to heaven, but I want to be. You can be tonight through a simple prayer of repentance. Repent means to turn away from sin, to turn wholeheartedly to God. You can be right. You can be born again. You can be made brand new. You can experience a life transformation. I wonder, you say, Pastor, I want that tonight. I want to pray with you. Do me one favor. You lift your hand high where I can see it. Unsaved. Maybe you're backslid. At one time, you knew the love of God. You're ready to surrender tonight. You're ready to make it real with God tonight. You're ready to say, you know what? I'm not right, and I'm ready to be born again. Tonight, it's not about being a good person. There's going to be a lot of good people that lived good lives paid their taxes did things right kept their nose clean followed a golden rule that I did to others as I'd want them to do to me can I tell you tonight it's not about being a good person if it was just about being a decent human being according to the world standards then Jesus suffered in vain it's about atonement it's about being washed in the blood of the lamb it's about repenting of sin turning away from sin and turning back to God. Your only hope 
is Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about just believing tonight. Even the demons believe. All throughout the Bible, demons surrendered to the name of Jesus. All throughout the Bible, they cried out, What do you have to do with us, Son of the Most High God? They know who Jesus is. They know His power, but they're not surrendered to Him. I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you're familiar with the things of God. I'm not asking alone if you believe. I'm asking, are you living for God? surrender to Jesus? Are you washed in the blood? Are you on your way to heaven? Are you separated from the goats and part of the flock of God? Are you a sheep that belongs to the master, to the king, to the shepherd, to Jesus? How many would there be? You say, pastor, you know what? I'm not right, but I, and I know I'm going to get right. I'm ready tonight. Unsaved, backslidden, Man, woman, boy, or girl, you be honest tonight. God is dealing with you. Respond. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't worry about what someone's going to think. In that day, as our scripture says, when he comes in that day, it's not going to matter what your parents thought. It's not going to matter what your friends thought. It's not going to matter what a boyfriend or girlfriend thought. It's not going to matter what even your children thought. Are you right? Are you born again? Are you washed in the blood? How many would there be who respond? Pastor, I want to pray. I want to get my heart right. Amen. Praise God. Speaking to Christians then tonight. Hell is real. We understand that. Jesus Some scholars, some commentaries say Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven. Because it's a real place. God does not want people to go there. The Bible says he relents from doing harm because he wants people to make it. We understand this place is real. I have no doubt tonight that there are people... You are praying specifically for some specific people. You know tonight, not, you know, not uh, through an eye of judgment, wicked, nasty sinners, but through a heart of compassion. God, I do not want this individual to go to hell. Maybe it's a backslidden son or daughter. God, I do not want them to go to hell. Maybe it's a good friend. God, I do not want them to go to hell. Maybe it's a spouse. God, I do not. And you do not. We know of this place. I just want to agree tonight in prayer with you. With you, God. Lay hold of their hearts that they would escape this everlasting fire. They would surrender their life to you my grandparents both passed away this year you know it's a joy that they escaped this fire I'm talking about both were able to pray before their passing my dad called me this week yesterday told me of my grandmother's conversion weeping Weeping for the joy that she was escaping. 
this fire free from guilt, free from shame. We want that for our loved ones. We want that for our friends. We want that for those that are lost. And I simply want to agree with you tonight. We're going to make an altar. We're going to come and we're going to stand in this altar. And we're simply going to agree for people. We can come, stand in the altar. Someone on your heart. Someone on your heart you've been contending for. Maybe not just someone, but there's a group of people. We're going to believe God tonight. Lord, you died for them. You died for them. This place is real. Jesus, you spoke of it. And I, be- I believe you are the Son of God. You know the eternal realm. Jesus would have never spoken about it if it didn't exist. Jesus would have never warned us about it if it didn't matter. But it does. But it does. And this altar right now, we want to cultivate faith. Lord, lay hold of their hearts. Lay hold of their hearts. Amen. I want you to just say these words. Dear God in heaven, I'm asking that you would get a hold of You name those names right now. Oh, God, right now, get a hold of them. Right now, even in this moment, get a hold of their heart. I rebuke the spirit of captivity. I bind rebellion. I bind the spirit of Antichrist. The blood of Jesus sets them free. Let's give God praise. Oh, Father God. We thank you. We worship you, Lord. You are awesome and mighty. Able to save. I bind right now the spirit of captivity. Oh, God, let scales fall from eyes. Remove the veil right now. God, give clarity and vision. Lord, draw them to the foot of the cross. Draw them to repentance. Draw them to salvation. You are faithful, you are wonderful.